Hi, everybody. This is David Reese of Saint and Sinners, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Right, listeners, uh, Scott here and... And me on the phone again. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Like, we only live a couple of miles apart, but our, our lives are so screwed hold up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hang on a second. I, I'll stick my head out the window, and if I scream, you can probably hear me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of comical. We end up having to, having to actually do this over Skype. But, hey, you know, what we do for our listeners, right? Uh, we, yeah. So, uh, so we got a good guest this week. Uh, Richie was able to sit down and talk with uh, former uh, Accept and and Bonfire singer David Reese. And I think what, this is the th- I think the third time we've had him on. I've talked to him once, and I think this is your second time talking to him. Yeah, I think you had him on for the the first Sainted Sinners record. Yeah, um, and uh, I didn't do that one. And you said he was really good to talk. Mm. You know, really nice guy, and he. I got offered to do the uh, the second record, which I think was out early this year. And um, I spoke to David for probably nearly an hour. Mm. And he was great. Um, very talkative. Oh, yeah. Just really nice personality, you know. Uh, I, talk, I talked a lot about the Accept album, the, the Heat, and of course, he'd just seen the band for the first time in years. Um, just before I did the interview, so we talked a little bit about that, but um, he contacted me again about uh, the solo record, Resilient Heart, hmm. uh, asking, could he come back on? Which is always great for me. Oh, yeah. Because uh, when, when they actually hit me up, <laughs> it makes the scheduling a lot easier. It's like, sure, when do you want to do it? Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I had um, forgotten about about the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the release, and, and I'm for some reason my brain's thinking this is like his first solo release he's done all these projects and he's been in and out of things and then then i realized it's like wait a minute he's got like two other solo albums before he even did this one and it's like yeah where the hell's my brain yeah but they're all well i think the last one was like five or six years ago yeah yeah um then he was in bonfire then he did two sanded sinners records so uh he's been active um but uh the album is really really good uh you know, good songwriting, good playing on it. If you like, if you like David's voice, you know you're gonna like this. And I, I really liked it. Mm. Um, you know, I got a an advanced copy of it. Um, you know, a streaming copy, which I, which I hate getting yeah. streaming copies. Yep, and he, but, I, um, I like the fact that he was even fessed up that he's like a lot of people have said the same thing to him as well, which is is which is true. It's it's a. Uh, you know, I think you and I are both a little bit old school in that regard, right? That, you know, I like to put a CD on and, uh, you know, walk around and, and do whatever I have to do and not feel like I'm, you know, doing like a lower quality audio when it's off of the computer and stuff. And it, it even kills me now the fact that, you know, my truck doesn't have a CD player in it. Like, what the hell? So it's just the fact that I have to put them on USB stick and listen to it that way. Just even that it irks me. It's, I love just popping a CD and and having at it or, or popping a vinyl on, you know? Yeah. Well, I had to, um, change my car a few weeks ago. My, my edge died. <sighs> I literally, it literally died. But <laughs> like about two months before that, I spent a thousand dollars on four new tires and then the fucking rest of it started <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I got a, I got a, you know, a new car. It's not brand new, but, mm. um, you know, my wife says to me, you know, what, what do you want in the car? And I said, it has to have a CD player <laughs> <laughs> and four wheels and an engine that'll get me somewhere. Um, and uh, it has a CD player, which is great. There you go. Because my up on the, me. The CD player in my edge, it wasn't working <laughs> either. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so they sent me the album and, and it, you know, it was streaming. And mm. when you look back on on some of the interviews we've done in the show on the show one song we had for Jerry Gaskell and we had to interview him 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting, too, because it's kind of a change in climate that's happened probably, I don't know, maybe the last eight months where, you know, it used to be that on the with the promo stuff, we got it was downloads. It was always a download. And, and now for a, a lot of it, it's streaming until maybe like the week after it gets released. And then you have a download available. Uh, so kind of a an, an unwelcome change. And at least some of the guys mm. still will send us, you know, a giant a giant packet of uh of stuff that they've sent us for CDs, although I'm usually a little bit late to the game because typically it's when, you know, when my daughter comes over and brings me all my mail that I'm like, oh, wow, okay, here's a whole bunch of stuff to listen to. But uh, I, I, it's been kind of a little bit uh, dismal that you see all these things and it's all just plain old streaming and and not, not at least having a, a downloadable thing. And then, of course, like you pointed out, you know, some of the labels are good about the fact that if they give you the download, they also give you, uh, you know, kind of a one sheet about, you know, who's on the album and the production and all of that. And you get credits and album artwork to take a look at and all that good stuff. And then you have others that basically it's streaming music and you might have a cover shot and it's up to you to go online and dig and try to figure out what the hell else is going on with the album. Yeah, well... Yeah, a lot of it does get streamed, and then you'll get the press release. Mm. And the, what you'll get in the press release is you, you'll probably say who's on it. Then it's the best album we've ever done, <laughs> and, and all that stuff. And I'm and, and I'm thinking, you know, what's the point of me even reading this? I'm not going to ask any of this shite uh-huh. in the interview. And invariably, what happens then is uh, you get the physical copy after you've interviewed the person. Right. right, and then you'll start reading the liner notes, and there's ten questions you'll get from the liner notes that are be- probably better questions than the information they gave you in the press release. Right, and at that stage, you've already interviewed the guy, <laughs> so you, you either take the interview a month before the album actually comes out, they send you a copy that's streaming that sounds like shit, or you can wait till the album comes out and then try and do it and be told. Actually, no, they're done all the interviews because the album's out. But fortunately, we got guys like David Reese that, you know, hit you up and say, hey, I, you know, I'd love to come back on, love to talk about the album. So at least we get, we still get a lot of folks like that. Yeah, and um, he's calling me from Italy. Mm. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that. But, um, you know, he seems to be having, like, he likes it over there. Yep. You know, the business is tough. Um one of these guys that has to make a few albums a year, do shows whenever he can. Uh, it still sounds great. Yep. yep. Um, I would have loved him to see the, the Eat the Heat show. Mm. Uh, I think I'm going to have to travel. <laughs> He's, see, I think, a, a lot, you know, and he talked about it in the interview, getting his show over here for him, himself. Yeah. And, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty frank about it. And uh, yeah, I did make sure that I, I, I edited out the, you know, what he said, you know, the just between us part. I, it's yes. between you. It just stayed between yeah. you guys. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So he he talked a little. He broke it down a little bit, and I was literally shaking my head, saying, "What's the point?" Right. Of coming over it, it's it's just not worth it, and it applies to so many bands. Uh, but what a lot of fans have to understand is that the bands want to come. Mm-hmm. Don't blame the bands if they're not coming. It's the promoters who won't pay the bands to come. These people are professional musicians. <laughs> you know, this right. is their livelihood. They're not right. going to. They're not going to come here and lose their shirt. Yep, yep. And it's you know it's the that's how it was. You know, when I was playing clubs too, it was it was tough. They didn't promoters were, you know, either they they wanted you to sell all the tickets for them to play or. Uh, you were getting like uh, you know a, fr- a fraction of the door, or it was you know it was always pretty tough getting any kind of scratch out of out of doing gigs. Even if you were playing the entire night, it was it was it was pretty crappy. So uh, yeah, it hasn't yeah. gotten any better. Yeah. So speaking of a band that uh, is definitely not going to lose money on the road, Kiss have just announced their uh, yeah. Their well, I- I'll say this with a smirk. Farewell uh-huh. tour end of the road tour and the ticket prices are uh as you can imagine oh yeah um, yeah I, <laughs> I so yeah i i actually i, I learned firsthand um I, I actually even got them before they even went on pre-sale i only because awesome, did you? I, I i i got them because uh uh 
you know, girlfriend had said, and remember back was, I think it was maybe two tours ago. Um, we had the dead, the dead daisies had opened for him. And, uh, yes. and Doug was like, yeah, well, you know, and talked about getting us down there and, and everything. So I had, I hadn't bought tickets. I was thinking Doug was going to come through with us for tickets and everything. And I had told her, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll, and then, uh, that, that kind of fell through when it was kind of like, oh crap. And like, so she's never seen them for whatever reason. She's like never seen the band. So she brought it up and I was like, well, okay, well, if this actually does become the last one, then I goes kind of like let her down. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, I've kind of found a little secret to being able to do some of these Ticketmaster things before it's even the presale time, and it miraculously worked again. And uh, I was able it, um, to, to get to actually does get pre, pretty. Does your pre sale thing? Does your pre sale thing involve you not paying the full value for the ticket? <laughs> no, it don't. Oh, just the fees alone are ridiculous. No, it's 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 through Ticketmaster, but I've I've found a. I found a logic loophole in their ticket selling process. Um, okay. And, and sometimes it works and, and sometimes it doesn't. And, and even though, you know, uh, you know, on the day that we're doing this audio, the, the pre-sale would have started this morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and mm-hmm. I was actually able to buy perfectly legal right from Ticketmaster seats, including insurance, like last night. Okay, where are you sitting? You're in, it's a TD Garden, I take it's it. The, yeah, so I didn't do I didn't do Mohegan. Yeah, I did TD Garden, um, and I got loge seats, and I got about halfway down uh, second row loge seats. So I mean, really, they were actually pretty good seats. The fact that we've only got you know once you know one set of people in front of us, and uh, like I said, halfway down, so good sight lines and everything too. Loge, loge is usually pretty decent seats at the Garden. So I I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess and say that those two tickets cost, including fees, mm. um, between two fifty and three hundred. Um, including fees, it was actually less than that a piece. Believe it or not. Oh, okay. if if I had gone um, one section closer, um. So you know, one one section of loge closer than where I'm at, you'd be pretty much on the money. Okay. On the in the in the two fifty range, and if I had gone to the last section, um, which is kind of like right almost side stage, it's like half side stage, half not, then then it's more in your upper boundary. And that was like, yeah, I was I was looking through it. I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. This is this is unreal, and. uh and then I kind of just kept going over until I found a price point that was like, all right, I know the sight lines are good here. You know, it's, I'm not like right smack in the middle of a row either. I'm, I'm almost on an aisle and, and it was like, all right, I can, I can almost deal with this. And then like the floor was insane. Just like, I, you know, to, to continue looking at, at prices on the floor seats, I probably would have had to go and buy some adult diapers before I continued. It was, it was crazy. I, I- like it's uh, it's ridiculous. It's I get it. They're building it as um, as their their last tour, and I don't know whether you saw any of the uh, any of the the interviews. Like they've they've been doing all the shows. They did the night shows, and you know they've been doing the the tour. You know what's the, funny the, is, you know, is the, uh, the hype tour. Is I heard um, on on Trunk Nation the other day. Um, that you know, Eddie was complaining because he's like, "Yeah, Gene's down the hall and he's doing all his interviews, but he's not talking to me." Jeez, what the heck? Like, <laughs> so kind of like laughing, like really. Still, and, and, is Eddie Trunk still Eddie. on? Is Eddie Trunk still on about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, you see, what what he has to realize is that, and I don't think he gets it. They don't need him to sell tickets. Hmm. He thinks they need him to sell tickets because of who he is. They don't need him. Right. Um, that's that's the way it is. They, they they don't want to talk to him. They don't want to talk to him. If they needed Eddie Trunk to sell tickets, they talk to him. They yeah, don't. I also wondered if some of that had to do with the fact that uh, you know he was a huge Ace supporter when Ace needed that support and that push, and and when he was working at the label and all that. And maybe there's kind of a little bit of uh, negativity towards him because of uh, because of that too. I don't know. Just kind of guessing. No, uh, I I don't. <sighs> 
I, I can't see that being the breaking point. <laughs> but if you're a ki- if you're a case of, do you go on Jimmy Fallon or do you go on Eddie Trunk? Who has more people watching? Right, Jimmy right. Fallon. Yeah, it's a no brainer. Um, but some of the stuff they're sprouting in interviews, oh, the, the, the shite coming out of them. It's like, <laughs> oh god. But what the, I think the one that made me laugh the most because I know damn well it it's just. Paul Stanley's full of shit when he says it. He said that once they've come to your town on this tour, they're done. They're not coming back. Mm. Right? Now, you have a three-year tour, right? So they're playing New York on the tour. So once they play New York, they're not coming back. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, uh, they'll, gonna, I guess they'll be like, well, we... We're going to play New York, but then we're going to play like just outside of New York. But it's not really that, you know, uh, we're, we're going to play New Jersey next. And They're playing Madison Square Garden on this run. Mm. And I guarantee you they'll play Madison Square Garden again before it's done. And then the, the spin on that will be, oh, the demand was so great. I didn't realize it at the time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Paul, just shut up. Well, that's if his voice lasts. <laughs> well, I looked at the dates, and I know one of the, one of the one of the runs on on the tour is three shows and three nights. Hmm. Ouch. <laughs> um, the reason I won't so it's go gonna be, is going to go from people to people to people. Yeah, the re- the reason I'm not going to this tour. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is the price. Hmm. Paul Stanley's voice is probably the main reason. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've seen Kiss and I, I don't want to see Paul sing anymore. Mm. I don't want to hear. You know, I just, he I just wondered if you would, if you would end up going just so that, uh, so you, you know, you could just share that whole kind of spectacle thing with your son like that, you know? Well, that was, um, that was a thought. Mm. Uh, the problem I have is what, with that as well is um, they're coming on stage at nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, um, he's eight years old. I brought him to two gigs. He's fell asleep <laughs> in the middle of, in the middle of them. Yeah. Um, I am thinking of um, uh, going to TSO with him. Yeah. I was going to just suggest if you can get the, the, one of the, the, the day show, like at, at uh, DCU, um, yeah, there's one on. There's one on at three o'clock. I'm looking at it. Yeah, I think I'm thinking of going to that with him. If you do that like that, he will. He will be like, holy crap! Because yeah, I was the same thing. I want. I was asking about you know, um, asking the girlfriend about you know, you want to you want to bring the kid? We you know, I because I got the I got signed up as validated presale for that. I said you know I got it so we can do you know the the. Um, the, the day show we can bring her and, and not do the night one, even though like the DCU back to her house isn't, isn't very far, but I'm like, you know, it might be cool, but I think she was getting mixed up with the fact that, um, of what day it was. And then, and the fact that we're going to generation acts like the night, like the day after Thanksgiving and stuff. So anyway, we didn't end up getting them. Yeah. So the, the, the kiss thing, like I know they're a huge band for you. They're a big, they're a big band for me, but, I didn't grow up with Kiss in the seventies. I grew up with Kiss in the eighties. Right, right. And they're they're talking about expanding the set from sixteen songs to twenty five. Right. So one of the interviews I watched the other night was it was an iHeartRadio interview, and I had the four of them on it. They were there was no makeup on, and of course they asked Eric Singer, you know, what song would they like to add to the set, and of course Eric said, "Do you love me?" And I'm like, not another fucking song from fucking first four records. I'm like, can you can can you not say Domino or fucking Unholy <laughs> or or and then of course they asked uh, Tommy what's his favorite song, and he said Black Diamond. And I'm like, oh my god, can can you t- mention cre- creatures? Mention any other fucking song? And I'm thinking, uh, six of the nine songs are going to be from fucking Dress to Kill, Hotter Than Hell, and 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 they're probably doing all the debut anyway. And uh, but the, the thing that Gene always says, and I understand it up to a point, he says, um, you know, we give the fans what they want. You know, if we have to drop this song, um, or if we play this song, we have to drop Hotter Than Hell, or if we play this song, we have to drop Love Gone. And I'm thinking, you, you said you have the most loyal fan base in the world. They probably want to hear a couple of the deeper songs. 
Yeah, when, um, when people, you know, people every year, um, you know, after the Kiss Cruise, that's always the thing they talk about is, oh, yeah, they played this song they never played, and they played this song they never played. And it's always the, that's like the biggest buzz. It isn't the fact that they played, you know, like Deuce for the 18th billionth time. It's always these these one-offs or even these things where they, um, they even get the whole thing with because they, they start a song and they, they get about a third of it through and they kind of lose the plot on it. And they still, it's like, oh, I can't believe they played that song. And yeah, I mean, it's, mm. they clearly would get a better reaction if they were like pulling a, uh, some of these things out of their butt that they never play. Well, Bruce Kulick just played the cruise mm. and the set list was brilliant. All these, uh, they're not obscure songs, but they're from his era. Mm the band will never play and he his band played the songs and I'm like I'm looking at the set list and I'm like fuck if Kiss could just play two of those yeah yeah you know or three of those they're gonna play are they gonna throw Shandy into the set this year is that gonna be the big thing (laughs) (laughs) you never know but (laughs) I'm I'm curious to see how they handle the you know the Ace Bruce Cooley thing because um it has to be, I think it has to be a surprise thing because if you charge the same ticket price and you're at the show the night before and then it's announced that, it, you know, Ace really is playing the night after somewhere else, you'd be pretty pissed yeah. saying, where the fuck isn't he playing at my show? Oh. And it's probably going to be fairly obvious which shows he's going to appear in. Well, you never like, know. They could just be- have this, some guy come out and he's got the Ace makeup on. He comes out and they like, Ace Frehley. And he does his thing and they go, you know. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Curly? Yeah. And he and he and he gets yeah. walks off again, and it's like, all right, you know. <laughs> suddenly, Ace played. Yeah. It's a little harder with Bruce, but you know, you could have Ace. You could have Ace play at every date. Yeah, but there's a uh, kiss are everywhere, <laughs> and of course, who else is everywhere? Oh, for the last couple of days was because uh, he finally plugged in again. That Vinny Vincent got up on stage, and um, uh, I tell you how I found out about this. Uh, uh, friend of the show Chris Sinzak from the Decibel Geek yeah. I'm friends with him on Facebook and he he had a, a comment on it and of course there was videos going around and I said well, I have to have a look at this uh-huh. so he got up with 4 by Fate and 4 by Fate are um, is John Regan and Todd Howard from Previous Comet yeah. and uh, Rob Fusoff uh, used to be in Skid Row right. on drums yeah. and they played a pre-cruise party Okay. In Miami. And uh, they got Vinny to come out and he had the makeup on or a very a slight variation of his Ankh Warrior makeup. Uh-huh. And he had the guitar and they did I Love It Loud and they did uh, Lick It Up and Cold Jane. And Vinny was... <laughs> I, 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 I looked at it and I listened to it and I went, oh my God, when this guy, this guy says he's been playing every day for 20 years... I don't think he's played in 20 years. <laughs> he, I'm sure he was nervous. Um, you're a guitar player. I don't, the solos in those songs are not hard, are they? Uh, no, like, I mean, Cold Gin, we used to do that, um, that song. You know, the, the only thing that was even, you know, remotely different about it was the fact that you kind of had to coordinate the, the, the bass and the guitar with the, you know, bound out, bound out. You know that part of it, but otherwise, you know that stuff was uh, pretty much just you know you kind of that do do. I mean, you just kind of do, do this quick pull offs thing with the doodle doodle do. Um, so that's yeah, it's not like it's really not rocket science to do that that song. So yeah, yeah. I thought he was like for his first time plugging in. I his choice of songs was a little bit odd. I thought I thought why is Vinnie Vincent doing Cold Gin for one? Yeah. Um, Okay, lick it up and I love it loud, okay. But I thought he would have picked one song where he, he could actually solo because he's got this uh, show coming up at Robert Fleischmann next month. Mm. And it's the guy is promoting it as, you know, Vinny's going to shred at it. And I'm looking at him the other <laughs> night and I'm like, there's no fucking Sounds way. Like he's going to shred at be it. Able to do. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 how is he going to go from playing that? To doing boys are going to rock you know the invasion the, the debut album like it's as over the top as it comes and it, it was I'll be honest with you it was sad mm. it was sad to look at because you know you, and any of all these guys oh Vinny was great he's back on stage he's rocking and all that and I'm thinking to myself like what, what's wrong with some of these people it's like 
it doesn't matter what the guy does or does you know or doesn't do. It's it. You don't have to apologize for him. It was horrible. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was horrible. And, I mean, are people like not seeing it or, or like what's the deal? Yeah, but I I think this this Vinnie Vincent show <laughs> on the evidence I've seen when he played with Gene Simmons. He sounded like he didn't know how to fucking play the, the acoustic guitar, <laughs> and then we plugged in the electric, and it was it was very very uncomfortable to watch. It really was, and I'm being kind. Uh, and it's funny so, too because that's how I actually it was it was Chris tweeted something out um, early the other morning, and that's how I found out about the Vinny thing too. So it's funny like we're both getting our uh, us and everybody else in the world gets our gets their Vinny Vincent news from Chris Sinzak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know what he's. He's an Uber fan who got burned. Yeah. You know, he got burned for the expo mm. and uh, by Vinny. So, you know, he's been a supporter for me. I still loves his music, but, you know, <laughs> you know, you can't lie. Like, when the guy gets up on stage like that and you look at it, it's, that's my opinion. I think <laughs> it's going to be a train wreck. Yep. And if I'm Robert Fleischman, I'm... Uh, I'm looking at that and I'm like, oh my God, what am I letting myself in for? <laughs> yeah, so the other thing I want to talk about before I leave you go, the, Ozzy is doing another Ozfest and it's the first one he's done in a while. Mm. And it, it's a one-off show uh, he's doing in LA or right, New yeah, Year's yeah. And they've announced the lineup. And I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, what you think of the lineup. So it's Ozzy headlining. Right. Right. Then it's Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Jonathan Davis, and Body Count. And I looked at the lineup, and the first thing that came to mind is, uh, and I put it up on our Facebook page, I asked the question, why does Ozzy never have any other 70s or 80s bands on the Ozfest? He, the only one I can think of is Maiden. Hmm. Well, we know how that went. Yeah, but he—it's always these '90s new metal, alternative metal. Yeah, that's and that's bands. and that's the thing because you run that lineup down, and I think of the um, the was it? I can't remember. It was the first or the second summer sanitarium tour that that uh, Metallica did? The two of them kind of blend together, but it was like, you know, why aren't they bringing some more? You know, of of the bands that kind of fit closer to their genre type of thing and and so you it's yeah it's it's weird like i they this doesn't quite it doesn't quite fit and you would also think that you, you would get a, a a better reaction and um just a more wholesale type of thing if if uh there was just you know not even if it was all just straight um you know straight regular classic metal bands but even if it was a mix of 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 bands that were in there and and not like what you said, which is pretty much, the you know, this this '90s stuff, and then kind of the, the um, like almost like their alternative left field band. Why throw in Body Count in there? It's it's that's yeah, it's a weird bill. I wonder is it Sharon trying to keep Ozzy hip and young? Could be with a young audience. Um, but I, even then, I'm I mean, the, the audience for for those bands isn't isn't really the, the young audience anymore either, really, except for, like, maybe Manson. Yeah, but when you look at, you know, you Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, right? To me, they're, they're, they're similar. They're theatrical. The exa- yeah, you know, they are. They're, they're very they rely a lot on, on, on they, rely, they rely a lot on, uh, on visual, mm-hmm. the visual aspect of their shows. Um. Well, I can't understand what the fuck has Jonathan Davis done solo to get on a bill like this. Yeah, I don't know. It's you know, I, okay, he's the lead singer of Corn, mm-hmm. but can they not get anyone else on the bill who, who's you know that might be a, a, you know an established band from maybe you know an earlier period, right? Instead of putting, so you've got like you've got industrial, you've got the Rob Zombie, the industrial stuff, you've got Marilyn Manson, a little bit of that as well. And then you've got John and Davis, the new metal, and Body Count, like the rap metal. Mm. So there's no there's no traditional metal at no, all. No, in nothing that, at all. Bill, at all. Um, which is a shame. Um, I, I think the bill is dreadful, personally. No, and I've nothing against the bands on it. I don't think it's balanced at all. Yeah. It's got two very similar 
acts on it in Rob and Marilyn Manson, who have also toured together. Anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean, throw so, on something, even something oddball. Throw on a, you know, throw on a testament. Throw on a death angel. Something like that would be pretty cool. Or, or even like yeah. um, a Vince Sevenfold. So that so you Contracts. you, you kind of speak to the young audience, but it's also it's they you know at least with the stuff they've been doing lately with with uh, the last last couple of things, um, it's it, they're going more in that traditional metal sound. Um, that would be you know that'd be a pretty good per, put on the bill as well. Yeah, I I've, I just think that it's too nineties centric for me. Um, I would I, w- I wouldn't pay to go see this. Yeah, personally, um, that's something at night you, you could see those five bands over three stages, but all on the same stage, one after the other. What that would that wouldn't interest me at all. And, and I think I'm not, by the time we get to Ozzy, you don't know how he's going to sound anyway. Yeah, well, the other part too. I mean, you you kind of alluded to it before is that you know Manson and uh, and um, a Zombie, they're also they're very visual. So you and depending on what they're allowed to to bring on stage, you you could be looking for a long ass stage changeover too between those acts. Yeah, true, true. I just wish it was a little bit more balanced. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously Sharon thinks that she can make money on it and. Thinks that's the bill for bill for them, so they can go with it. But I'm just I'm just not I'm, I'm disappointed, mm. to be honest. Um, you know, <laughs> and uh, Black Label aren't on it, which amazes me. Or <laughs> 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 or or Zach Sabbath or oh, I think Sabbath, actually yeah. Zach Sabbath are on it. <laughs> I think uh, Zach doesn't play one show with Ozzy anymore. He always plays two. Uh-huh. I saw. Um, in 2007, I, in Dublin, I saw Ozzy play with uh, with Zach and Black Label were the support, mm. and Zach was hammered, <laughs> and he kept look, he kept putting his head up in the air and spitting up into the air every second sentence, and it was disgusting. <laughs> Just spat for the whole of his set and support, and then he came out and at this stage playing with Ozzy. You know, he could have probably four bottles of whiskey and he could do the Aussie set in his sleep. Mm. But, um, you know, it was... So I, I've seen Black Label. I saw Black... We saw. Did you see the Black Label show with uh, Tin Lizzy and uh, Judas Priest? No, no. That was uh, Palladium, right? Yeah. No, no, it was in Lowell. Oh, no, so damn. Yeah, I did. The Songus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you were sick at that, weren't you? No, that was Gigantor. Ah, uh, Okay. But um, so I've seen Zach sober, mm. and we saw him at Generation X, and he was really good. But I've seen him wasted, and it, it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> but, the um, even the Generation X one, there was for a while. It was getting a little bit a little bit tedious. But then again, we were like we were like we were hemmed in in that one. But uh, yeah, yeah and then, I, I am I am looking forward to seeing how they do this year with that. Although they're in a horrible venue, I don't know who the hell picked it. But um, you know, again, the, like. Uh, Girlfriend's a big Zach fan, and she got she actually got us great seats. But I was like, I hate to tell you, but you're going to be exactly opposite from where Zach's going to play. She's like, you're freaking kidding me. I'm like, no, it's he's it's, pretty much like he's always has his spot where he likes to play, and it's like it's on the other side. <laughs> is it the same five? Yeah, yeah. As as far as I know, it's still with 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 Tosin on there. Um, Tosin, yeah. Nuno. Okay. Yeah. I thought Nuno and Zach were really good. Uh, Ingve, yeah. <laughs> I was just I was disappointed in Steve Voy. Yeah, um, but it was fun watching watching Ingve's uh, tech though. That was that was a good time. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> 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 we can't talk about that though. <laughs> but um, and Tobin, I don't really know much about. So mm. when is that show on? Is it a couple of weeks? Is it? No, it's yeah, it's November. 23rd. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a midweek too? too no, that's a Friday. Okay. And you'll probably start at 7 and they finish at 11. Something so like that. Like I said, the venue is like, yeah, I don't know who the hell picked this venue, but it's like this, there is literally, there is no parking. Like, that seems like, to be a, that seems to be something that happens a lot around here. It's like the middle, it's like in mall, it's like downtown Malden. It's like, what the hell? Oh, um, 
Are you going to the Hendrix thing that's down the street? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. It's got an interesting uh, lineup that has um, well, Kenny Aronoff's on drums. Yeah. Uh, his book is really good, by the way. And um, <laughs> if you don't like guys name dropping in books, don't read it. Because he's played with everyone and he oh, names yeah. all. <laughs> um, it's got Doug Vinnick. It's got Joe Satriani. Dave Mustaine, which is like, oh my God. Yeah. Really? For a Hendrix experienced show. But, um, I'm, yeah, I might go. It's only five minute walk from here, but, uh, yeah. I'll have to see how expensive the tickets are. Yeah, I mean, every, um, I mean, I know Doug. Doug's a huge, huge, huge Hendrix guy, and I mean, he saw Hendrix back in the day too. So um, he did a he did a Hendrix tribute or a Hendrix he did. album yeah, for Rat Pack this year, right? I think it was on Rat Pack. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I haven't, haven't heard it, hmm. but um, but I know he did an album, so he'll be really good at uh, at singing the songs. Hmm. But uh, it's going to be an interesting show because uh, I'm sure the guys are going to be on and off. See, the problem with a show like that is uh, it's a kind of a one-off deal where they, they'll play songs you're not really used to hearing them play. Right. But on the other hand, you're going to go down and you'd sing, fucking hell, I'd love to hear them just rip into Satch Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'll be doing any of that at all. So it's not like, doing, no, not like going to see Hendrix. G3. Yeah, so it's going to all depend to me on uh, how expensive the tickets are. Yeah. If I, if I want to see Satriani and all these guys do Hendrix, and it's not too dear, I might go. But if it's really expensive, I'll probably pass on it. Right. And wait for the bands to come around and go see their shows with, with the, you know, with the, with the regular bands. Right. Yep. So, so, so anyway, that that's all I got. I could spend all night on the phone here, but I need to go to bed. <laughs> well, when we when we end up when we go to the phone with uh, with David Reese then and see what uh, what's up with with uh, with David and and with Resilient Heart. Sure. All right, we'll do that. Hey, David, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. How are you? I'm okay. So, what, what part of Italy are you, in, are you in now? Are you still in the same place you were when I spoke to you earlier in the year? Yeah, I'm in uh, the village of Piacenza. I think that's where I was when I talked to you before. Okay. How long have you lived in Italy yeah. now? Since uh, December 2014. Okay. Did it take a bit of getting used to yeah yeah there's there's uh things about it that i like some things i don't like yeah it's uh it's a learning process for me <laughs> <laughs> what about you are you in massachusetts i am in lowell massachusetts um 
I'm originally from Ireland, though, so I was just home a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Always nice to get home, you know? Yeah. So, do you get to go back to the U.S. very often? I was there last year for about 90 days. I went to Montana, and uh, it was great. And after a few weeks, of course, I missed my wife. Flew over. She'd never been to America, so she got to experience uh, the West, you know, which was amazing for her. And, uh, yeah, I, I miss it a little bit, but, uh, but slowly I'm assimilating and I'm learning the language and, uh, you know, I just did my taxes yesterday. So uh, I should be a citizen probably in about a year. So that's good. So so let's let's get into it, David. Um, don't want to keep you all, right. all, all day. So, it's all good, yeah. Yeah, before I get into the solo album, I have to ask you, um, are you done now doing the Eat the Heat tour shows? No, I'm not. I'm actually, uh, we start the 31st of October, um, and I'm contracted exclusively, actually, to play the November 3rd show in Madrid. We're doing an opening. We're going to do a show with the Poodles, and it was conditioned on me doing just Eat the Heat live. But I do play two songs on the album in my set, along with Resilient Heart. But that, that one show, November 3rd, is, is all Eat the Heat. Okay. Has, this, has that been as successful as you hoped it would be? Yeah. I mean, it kind of uh, revitalized my career, so to speak. I, I, You know, when I started doing it, I made the dreadful choice of using a band I wasn't really didn't really know on the first outings, which was a terrible mistake. They were dire. They couldn't play, but the place was full. And people came to see me, and they knew the words, and they were singing along, you know, and then I kind of did it again. And I played a big festival in, in Italy in July this year, and I headlined it, actually, the opening day, and I played 90% of Eat the Heat because the festival guys were Eat the Heat fanatics. I mean, when I walked into their club, they were playing the album and begged me to play Mistreated and songs like that live if I could still sing it. I said, of course. So, yeah, so it's so, been cool. Yeah, so, which, which song off that album was the hardest to sing when you went back to it? Uh, well, to sing properly as, as a vocalist, you know, mistreated is right up there. And then you, we open up a D train, it's, it's balls out. Uh, I know how to, to do it live without killing myself. And then ecstasy is pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you're in shape and, and you rehearse daily and, and sing along at the top of your lungs for a couple of days a week, you can, you can prepare yourself. Yeah. I remember I went to see, uh, Udo earlier this year on, the last time I spoke to you, um, he was putting that. Ever, sometimes he put it back in his set, and um, mm-hmm. I was hoping he'd play it, and he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't play it. No, he didn't play. He didn't play. Um, ecstasy. Ah. I was hoping he would, but he didn't. Yeah, because he was doing he did, he did um, it actually on the album. Yeah, he was doing a whole set of accept tunes. Yeah, back to the roots, right? Yeah, and um, he was, but he was doing a different set of songs, and he was adding new ones in and taking ones out. And I thought maybe he might do ecstasy in this this round, and he didn't. Nah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to travel to Europe to hear you sing it. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe if I ever get my ass back to America and I get bookings, you know, I, I, I'll definitely do it because I get asked all the time to play it. So. Yeah. So in general, the music business in Europe, it seems to be a lot better for you than than it is in the U.S. for getting shows. Yeah, it's 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 getting harder, though. I mean, uh, I'll be honest, it's, uh, even Germany is becoming tough. I mean, that was my steadfast market, you know, and uh, highly competitive. Uh, the bands that still have some nostalgia are fighting for the small piece of crumbs that are left in the pie. So venues are closing there as well. Um, another thing I noticed is there's a lot of really good young bands that are drawing, you know, the two and three hundred people on a Friday night, you know, playing to the door. And so when you go in as an established guy and you say, "This is my fee," and they say, "Well, what are you drawing?" And you know, we watched your videos this weekend. Looks like about two or three hundred people. I said, "Yeah." Well, you're asking me for this fee, but I can get this local band to bring that many people, and they'll play for the door. So it's 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 quirky right now. I mean, you know, a lot of bands are doing it for the door. They're doing it for free. 
you know, hauling everything in the van, uh, driving from city to city, sleeping in the van. I mean, I mean, they're, they're not doing us any favors, you know? Yeah. And the U S market now is, did you try and get back here for, for some eat the heat shows? Cause you said that raised your profile or did you know straight away that it probably wasn't going to happen? I tried. Uh, I was actually working through Canada first and then head down to the East Coast. And we had some mild interest. Um, but I was going to use a Canadian Act. And then we got into the visa issues. And then I was going to use a U.S. Act with the USA. And it just got so complicated that the money wasn't even worth trying to do it. I mean, you know, but in America, you have to pay for your own rooms. You've got to rent a van or a bus. You know, I mean, the expenses were just ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, I had some U.S. clubs off to me at the door. I said, you know, you forget it. Don't even talk to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what am I going to do? I mean, really? If we have a Wednesday night somewhere in the middle of Pennsylvania, you know, to the door, come on. Yeah. And you got to yeah. and you got to try and join the dots. Like, if you want to come over here, you probably want to come over for a couple of weeks. You don't want to like play. You can't do fly-in. Yeah. You can't do fly-in shows to the U.S. No, you know, you'd have to, if I came over, I'd have to do, you know, seven in a row a day off, probably a drive day of 12 hours, then another six or seven. Uh, if you're going to go, you got to make a count. Guys like Udo, you know, and luckily me, can still sing every night pretty well. So and he's got definitely a larger name than me, but he can, he can pound it out night after night. He has to just to keep the, the money rolling, you know? Yeah. What about, um, say, markets like South America? Or Japan. Uh, we're, my album is released in South America. It's doing really well. I'm, I'm getting contacted weekly, actually, by promoters. So it's, it's probably going to happen. I'm going to go down there. But, you know, the way it works as well is they'll send you three great bands via YouTube, and they're the touring band. Dylan Turner does it. You know, a lot of singers of South American bands. So a lot of them actually have inquired about doing Just Eat the Heat and a lot of the Accept Classics. So yeah. I'll definitely go, but you know you got to be careful in some of those markets. You can't just jump on a plane and go to Brazil. You got to know who you're dealing with. Uh, mm. <laughs> you know it can be kind of weird. You know. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to enough musicians now when I'm talking to them, talk to them about going to South America, and um, you know it might sound great until you get there, and then you find out mm-hmm. that you're you're not getting this, and you're not getting that, and this is a bit dodgy and. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I, I got a contract a, a couple of years ago. David Reese will have two armed guards at all times in front of his hotel door, <laughs> and I went, "What?" Uh, so I called a friend, and uh, I said, "Hey, what? Well, you've gone down there. What's what, you, what is this?" And he goes, "Hey, man, don't do it with that guy because those two armed guards—they're gang members, and what they'll do is tell." The rest of the gang guys, you're in the room. They'll walk away from the hotel door. They'll kick the door and rob you for the cash because they know when you get paid. And then they'll come back and act like, well, what happened? Are you okay? You know? So it it can be a little shady. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There are good promoters. You just got to know the right people. Um, You know? And that's why I'm always, you know, doing the research on friends of mine that have been. How was it? You know, they say this was great or this was terrible. So, why go if it's going to be a headache? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, without naming names, David, um, have, Are you you there? Been, have, have you been burned? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? No! Hey, David. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I, could, I may have a time limit. I could, I could hear you perfectly. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. So, let's, let's get to the album. Huh? Yeah, sure. I'll get into the album. So, it, it's, been okay. fi- it's been five years since your last solo album. How come it's taken so long? Uh, I've actually been thinking about it a long time, um, the last five years, uh, when I had kind of a hiatus with, uh, Easy Living and, and Bonfire. Uh, some of these songs I was kind of thinking about putting in the Bonfire, uh, realm, but, uh, I got to thinking about it really hard saying, you know what, I'm done being in a band, being somebody's singer. I just, I want to be on my own. And, uh, while I was in Montana, I actually wrote the song Karma. So that was kind of the template of where I wanted to go on this record. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me about um, getting set up with Michael Anderson at Mighty Music. 
That happened through Mike Tramp. Um, did some gigs with Mike a few years ago in uh, the East Coast, actually. <laughs> um, I was doing this band called Tango Down, and we played uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, Massachusetts, I think New Jersey with Mike. And I, I was talking about his label, and I said, are you happy? And he said, yeah, you know, it's like anything. Don't expect too much, you know, but they, they do a pretty fair job for me. So I kept it in my mind. And then I went ahead and uh, had shopped these, some of these songs for a resilient heart to the larger labels in Europe. And I, I had attempted to, to get away from kind of the white snake hard rock thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I wanted to have a fresher, more heavy, melodic sound. And a couple guys said to me, this album I can't define. It's in between the chairs. The Germans have a strange way of defining things. And I said, that's exactly what I want to hear. I mean, I want to be fresh, new. Well, we're afraid if it's going to sell like, you know, White Snake or if it's Bangalore Choir. We're not sure where the direction is. I said, come on, let's just give it a chance. So they refused it. And then I said, okay, I pulled out my list of names and I wrote Michael Anderson and said, hey, you know, Tramp gave me your email. Are you interested? He said, yeah, let's make a deal. Yes. So So he he helped you. He hooked you up with the band. Now, the band are all Danish. Um, did you, yeah, he... What, excuse me? Uh, I was going to say, did you know any of the musicians before beforehand? Well, I, originally when I wrote Karma and the song Two Coins and a Dead Man, I'd met Martin Frank, who was on Mighty Music, with a band called Shotgun Revolution. Mm-hmm. And he and I were really burning it up, and we were great ideas, back and forth, phone recordings, blah, blah, blah. I think one day he wrote me and said, I, I just left the label. I'm done with Mighty Music. I don't want to work with them. Uh, good luck. You know, you're, you're welcome to use my part of the songs. And then I was like, fuck. Now what? So, because I really had a good thing going with him. Then Michael Anderson said, don't worry. I have this guy, Marco Angioni. He's great. And I said, Michael, I've been told this my whole life. I've got a template laid out here. Don't send me some stupid metalhead music stuff. You know where I want to go. Well, immediately, I started getting, you know, these demos from bands that didn't want to use it. I said, Michael, this is not it. Then he introduced me to Mike, Marco Angioni, and the song that he sent was uh, Wicked City Blues. Mm-hmm. It ended up being that, and I went, hmm, this might work. And then he introduced me to Martin Epson Anderson, and I forget what track he sent me. So I told them that, you know, the vision of the album was those two songs, and they started sending me riffs, and I was writing lyrics to it. So. I really got lucky. The bass player is the bass player from Chain and Centers, Malta. Mm-hmm. I love the guy to Jeff. I, I toured the world with him, and uh, you know he produced the last Chain and Centers album. He's dedicated. He's got, you know, he's great on stage. He plays great. You know, it all just kind of fell together. I got lucky, you know. Yeah. So you said some of the songs are, are a couple of years old. Are, are we saying like three or four years old, or even before that? Mm, ideas, yeah, you know, stuff bounced around in my head, you know, going, hmm, maybe this is a little too fresh, maybe this isn't really what I'm supposed to be doing, kind of scared of it, you know, because it was a lot different. Yeah. I, um, karma karma just kind of came to me, actually, when I was on the toilet. Some <laughs> 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 of my great, greatest parts coming when I'm on the throne, I'm when I just wake up from a strange dream, I have a song and I'll go to the bathroom and I'll record it. Okay. Uh, that's how it works for me. It's, if I don't, then I'm going to forget it. Yeah. So, but, uh, so David, you're never <laughs> someone that goes in with a, with a clean slate of ideas for a record. You always stockpile stuff and re-listen to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not gifted. Trust me. It's just, it's the weird thing. It's a curse that pops in my head. And if I don't record it, forget it. It's gone, dude. Yeah. I mean, and if it's good, and I'm playing in bed going, hey, I'll remember this when I wake up. I never do. So I make sure I get up and record it. Or if I'm in the john, I got the phone. I just sing it in the phone, and boom, then I got it. And then I listen back and say, hmm, that could be all right. Yeah. So so what what comes first for you then? Would it be the music or, or, the, or the lyrics? The lyrics, you know, a lot of times I'll be watching the news, and especially the last few years, God, we've got a plethora of, titles to, to work from, don't we? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> somebody will say something and I'll go, what, what the fuck did they say? And then I'll just start writing a, a story around what that person said and it ends up being a lyric draft. And then I'll, I'll sing something along to it, maybe in the phone, because I'm not a very good musician, a hands-on guy. 
So I'll sing it over the phone to the guitarist and he'll kind of take it, what I'm saying, and go, okay, okay, I think I understand. And then write a riff, a riff here and there, a couple of progressions, then I'll sing what I was thinking into it. So yeah, that's good, let's change it. That's how it kind of grows. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think um, the new way of recording music now, where you don't have to be in the same room to write with somebody, uh, suits you better than, than it did back in the day? I'll answer your question in a second. If I do lose you, just hang up and I'll call you back. Sure. Does it suit me? Um, the, the drums and bass on this album are done together live. Mm -hmm. I'm an old style guy. Mm, I prefer the old way. Um, this file sharing stuff is bizarre to me. I have, I have to really feel like I have a relationship with the guy that I'm writing with if, if I'm file sharing. Because, you know, if I get hired to sing on an album, which I'm really not going to do anymore, it's kind of sterile the relationship you know they give me the riff and the song and then i write the words and go to a studio and you know try to create something out of nothing um with this even though i filed shared i really got to know the guys and, and who they were and what they think about and, and their families and i went to their house and you know because i wanted to make sure i was involved in the right mess if you know what i mean yeah um so yeah, we did some of that. And I, I did the vocals again with Mario Perkadani at Tanzan Studios, where I did a lot of my work. Okay. Like, yeah, I just, if I had my own file, uh, my own computer here to record on, I can tell you my music wouldn't be very good. Okay. Because most singers believe they're great. So they'll go into their little studio and sing and go, wow, that's fantastic. But there's no outside ear really directing them and, and producing them, you know? So, I stopped doing that a few years ago and I used guys like Mario because he really pushes me to, to bring out what the song deserves, you know? Yeah. So, so singers are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me, David? You can hear me, but I can't hear you. Oh no. Again. Uh, I love technology. I will call you back. Okay. okay. Hang up yep. your phone. I'll call you back. Yep. time thing i believe okay um, I, all right we'll just we'll, okay so what's next yeah we'll just spend another five minutes or so doing it was there one track on on the uh on the album that stands out that was the most difficult to write which one was the most difficult yeah actually none of them were i mean it just it was one of those albums you know i was i've been saying it on the interviews even down to the artwork the songs Everything, the sound has all just come really easily for me. And I honestly love every track on the album. And typically, when you're making an album, you kind of know halfway through it if you have something. And there's been a few that I've known weren't really going to be that great. But this album, I felt great from the beginning to the end. I mean, there was nothing really super challenging for me because I didn't have, it was nobody else's song. It was my idea. It was my thing, you know what I mean? So I really put what I had into it and I was ready. Yeah. 
was there pressure on you to get this done? Because sometimes the label want to get it out, or were you able to take your time with it? No, I didn't really feel any of that. Um, just in the beginning, of course, when Mike Lannison started sending me these stupid throwaway demos from thrash bands in Scandinavia, then I started to freak out. But once I found the right guys, then I then I calmed down. Um, but no, no pressure because it literally took about five weeks, and we were done mixing, mastering, recording everything. It was done. Yeah. It's it's weird now the way you can do that so quickly and yeah. you, you look back on the budgets years ago and you're, you 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 say to yourself what the hell did we spend all the money on it was a waste of money yeah I mean you some of the guys you, you spent most of your time in the club or waiting for the cocaine guy to deliver and you know you know what I mean you spend eight hours trying to find drugs or you know drink beer with the guy and hear stories from other famous bands and their problems and you know you didn't really realize you were on the clock. Yeah. And the recording time would be two to three hours, and then you'd be fixing all your screw-ups in the, in the edits. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to finish mm-hmm. up with, with a couple of questions, David, before I leave you go. Um, okay. Your voice is, Obviously, your voice has changed over the years. Um, have you changed your routine now of warming up to get it where you want it to go? Uh, one thing I noticed the last few years, I sing for a few hours or an hour, and then I stop, and... It's a little rough, you know, in the morning. And then I'll go back to rehearsal a few hours later, and it's really strong. So that's going to be kind of my new mantra for warming up. I'm not going to just warm up for 20 minutes and run out on stage. I'm going to do a little bit longer and slower. Mm-hmm. Um, sleep is is vital for every singer. I stopped drinking some time ago. I've noticed a, a surge of energy there. I feel really good. Uh, one day I just walked away and said, I don't want to drink anymore. Um, that helped a lot. Um, rest and just, you know, basically sing every day and work at your craft. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's what I do. But yeah. I did find out that I, that I, it takes a little bit longer to warm up. And if I stop and then get back at it about an hour later, it seems to be opened up and then it's a lot easier to sing. Okay. Cause you know, the, the band have their instruments, they can play whenever they want to play, but you're, you're using your body as the instrument. So, like, if you get sick or anything yeah. like that, you're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah, I've got steroids on tour. I've got, you know, not drinking, of course, and I sleep, and I don't party. So what I do is I'm rather boring. I, I say hello to the fans, sign some CDs, and I go to the van and go to the hotel. The guys can stay up drinking and do what they got to do, and I go to bed. Yeah, It's really hard when you do a really stomping show. I've got a big gig coming up in October with uh, Hammerfall. And mm-hmm. that's going to be like five, 6,000 people in, in Bulgaria. And it's really hard to turn off those big gigs, you know, go right to your room and just you sit there by yourself going, what just happened? And tell yourself, I got to get up in eight hours and then drive six hours. You know, it's it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. So, but you have to do it. You know? Yeah. So so do you have, um, I know this is a tough question. A lot of people have probably asked you. Do you have an album on, or do you have a song on the album that you're most proud of? Right now, I mean, like I said, I, I like the whole album a lot. I really like Two Coins and a Dead Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I lean back to Desire sometimes lately. Um, I like Live Before You Die and uh, Perfect Apocalypse. I'm yeah. curious what you like. Um, I like I like the title track. Really? Yep. Love it. So, which, which one is that? Um, the opening track. The opening track, anytime at all. Yeah, anytime at all. Sorry, I got confused yeah. for a second. Anytime at all, love it. I think it sets the tone for the whole record. Well, you know what? I could not decide which song to use, and I'll, I'll give that uh, credit to Mike Anderson. He picked opening song for his video, and uh, I, I had no idea. I mean, we've got videos done for that one. We finished Perfect Apocalypse. Of course, it's re- it's released now. We've got uh, The Palette, Force of the Trees, this filmed. I've got two coins being put together right now, and the other one lived before you die. So there's there's five videos for the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, so David, no, before, I, before I leave you go, do you want to give out all your social media sites where people can get in touch with you? Yeah. www.davidreeseofficial.com. Reese Inc. David Reese Official. David and Nadia Reese. Those are all the Facebook pages. Please come and visit uh, merch uh, shows, everything that I'm doing. 
And I thank everybody, and I'm feeling fucking resilient right now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, the album's great, and what I love about it is it sounds really, it's, it sounds very, it doesn't sound processed. It doesn't sound, um, you know, what's the word I'm trying to use? Um, copied, copied and pasted, yeah. Exactly. It, sound, it sounds like it's a real band. Thank you. And thank you. I think that's the the best compliment I can give it because I, I've I've had a lot of music sent to me and it's like ugh, this is just you know, know. done by computer. I know. Fuck that. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Perfect. Really appreciate it, David. All right, man. Have a good rest of the day. God okay? bless you, brother. You too. Okay. okay enjoy Bye. your rest. I will. Bye. Bye. All right, there you go. Richie's great chat with uh, with David Reese. And uh, obviously, do yourself a favor. Go out and get yourself a copy of Resilient Heart if all of that piques your interest. And uh, any any last words, Richie? No, it's, we've still some interviews in the in the pipeline. Yep, yep. Got to um, figure it out. It may or may not happen. may or may not happen. You know, the usual. Uh-huh. I hear um, you. It was, one, it was one week I did. Five and four days, something like that. Yeah, and I haven't done any in uh, in two weeks. I know you're slacking. What the heck's going on? <laughs> I'm, wor- I'm working, working, and, you're, and working, and you're raising the kids. Yeah, I get it. But, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. So, but yeah, great talk with 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 uh, with David, and uh, yeah, I think that will do it for another week here on on Focus on Metal. So for uh, for myself and and Richie. And everybody else here at Focus on Metal saying, have yourselves a great metal week. And to talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. It's over. Go home.